Walking into Wax Tracks record store, you're immediately taken back in time. Flipping through television, Ramones, Blondie, and a ton of other records, the legacy of CBGBs is all at your fingertips. It's a music lover's dream right here in Denver. Wax Track Records has come to be a beloved staple in the Denver community, opening its doors in 1975. It's been around for 41 years, initially owned by locals Jim Nash and Danny Flesher. In the early days, Wax Tracks was a hot spot for local punks to gather and share music. I'm Tony Yeltsin, a fourth-year journalism major here in the University of Denver, and you're listening to Rocky Mountain Reverb, a podcast meant to amplify voices from DU, Colorado, and beyond. This episode is about the beloved music mecca in Denver, Wax Track Records, and the rich 41 years of history it's sitting on. Okay, uh, well, my name is Dwayne Davis. Davis is one of the owners along with Dave Stidman. They acquired the place when the original owners, Flesher and Nash, moved to Chicago to open the label Wax Tracks, with an added exclamation mark for distinction. He and I, we were both uh, social workers with Jefferson County Social Services uh, back in the uh, mid-70s, and we kind of got to be friends over music uh, and eventually, social work is is a real <laughs> it's a real meat grinder of a job. We were both working in adolescents in trouble units, and um, decided that it, it would be a lot more fun to corrupt uh, the youth than to try to save them. And so, Dave at least says, "Well, let's get a record store." And I said, "Oh yeah, sure." <laughs> and then in November, we did. Over the years, Stidman and Davis have garnered a community of musicians, collectors, and all-around music enthusiasts. When vinyl and CDs were at their prime, Wax Tracks was a hotspot for finding new underground music. Dave and I never really thought of ourselves as just a place where you come in and buy a record. It was a place where you came in and you looked around and you saw that it's, you know, I mean, this is a museum of uh, Denver punk rock. In the early 80s, before the internet, when punk rock and post-punk were still making their way through America, Denver people were so eager to find out about it that our store, all of the stores, would be filled with people. All was smooth sailing, like Davis said, till one year where everything got flipped on its head. 96, the downloading hit. In 1996, vinyl sales in the U.S. weren't even close to one million. That ship had already sailed. That same year, though, CD sales were a little under 800 million. But things were soon to change with the introduction of online streaming. Downloading was taking over, and starting in 96, the, the gross sales started to go down. And eventually we had to close the store in Boulder. We moved out of the stores across the street. In 2001, 2002, we began to see a mild uptick in the sales of vinyl. And pretty soon, that little uptick led to the whole vinyl vinyl explosion or you know resurgence whatever you want to call it and it turned out to be a real thing it had legs due to this resurgence wax tracks was able to make it to where it is today 
Since 1996, vinyl has had a steady increase in sales, with $41.7 million made in 2021. But with all the music in the world right at people's fingertips, why is vinyl something people still come back to? Actually, Dave and I and everyone here have had long <laughs> discussions about that. Yeah. And we, we don't really know. Part of it is nostalgia, the idea that a physical product is, is, is so tangible. Those things have a, a palpable feel in a person's everyday life. Every time I'm trying to get into a style of music, I'll come here and get a record on it. I think it's just because you can kind of get to know the artists a bit better. You see like what art they chose for the vinyl and uh, you can read a bit about the artist too. That was Hayden Bosch, a regular at Wax Tracks, that I ran into while collecting tape. Another customer that was walking around shared similar sentiments. Yeah, like the physical aspect. It's like the, it's something that we always got access to because we, uh, everyone, I feel like everyone, most everyone likes music and uh, it just makes you feel the end of the day. It's safe to say that Wax Tracks has done well for itself and continues to do well. Despite the old feel of the building with some pieces in disarray, it is a safe space for musicians and music lovers alike, a place to connect with others over a shared interest. All of its quirks from the decrepit wood floors and flyers tattered around the door showcase the place's charm and the rich history that it holds, a history that any Denverite should be proud it's part of their city. But the story doesn't end there. Davis and Stidman have plans for the future that they hope Stidman's son, Pete, will help them carry out in later years. And so the idea is to make sure that the store stays, stays solvent, stays safe, uh, and is able to provide a base, and then to see where the music is going to go and try to be part of that. We would love to see, uh, we'd like, love to figure out a way to do more with local music. And, and that's been part of the, the fun of this whole operation is providing a place for people to be able to express what they feel and what their music is. Um, and keeping an eye on that in the future is is a big part of what we're doing you know it's, it's it's trying to hear where the music is going to go and what we're going to do with it we don't but well, i tell you after the mid-90s we don't have a big head <laughs> you know so this is just a time to have fun this episode was produced by me tony elton thank you to our managing editor carlos jimenez I'd also like to thank the University of Denver's Media, Film, and Journalism Studies Department 